This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. As always, lots to talk about tonight. going to start out, I think, with a, uh, a positive story about the airports. I'm all for that. Now, the airports are a scary place. They're, they're much scarier than they used to be, thanks to an increased presence by your loving federal government in the form of the TSA, the Transportation mm. Security Administration. And as Mark pointed out on Saturday night, uh, the TSA... They're pretty much miserable at catching all things uh, bomb-related and weapon-related that go through their checkpoints. In fact, their own tests show that they they miss you know, somewhere in the range of 60 to 90 percent of bomb parts that come through and, and various other weapons. By so, their own red team. Right. But they're there, and people put up with their crap, and it's just eventually, with all the different airports we have around the country, story after story of just awful Awful treatment on the part of the government uh, mm. for uh, regular Americans, also international travelers, uh, also customs as well. But this just abusive treatment, these stories continue to come out. And now, I thought we were going to have a positive story. It is a positive story. Okay. It's about a guy that stood up to the TSA. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Uh, the story is from LouRockwell.com. Becky Akers reports. She says, ah, oh, the Nazis. Modern America knows few epithets more vile. You can insult a man's mother, wish rape on him, liken him to the hinder of the elementary like him liken him to the hinder part of the elementary canal, but don't <laughs> compare him to Germany's totalitarians, even if he works for their contemporary counterparts, unless you want to fight and a frisk from the TSA. Darren Derrick was very late for his flight out of Tampa International Airport to Detroit. How late? Well, he checked in 38 minutes before the scheduled departure. Which, by the way, um, before be. the be, before the old TSA ever rose their you know reared their ugly head, um, I used to show up about forty minutes before a flight to leave at TIA, mm-hmm. the same airport, and it was more than enough time. There was plenty. Well, the TSA's warrantless searches impede travel now, and we serfs are expected to revise our schedules accordingly. Our rulers recommend we waste at least two hours in the airport. It's our own fault if we flout their orders and miss our flight. Ergo, when our 39-year-old engineer huffed into the airport, he found a long, snaking line to the security checkpoint. So he approached a line attendant. Imagine that as resume fodder. 2006 to 2008, line attendant. Stand around in uniform, look fat, dumb, and hippie. Pretend (laughs) passengers are terrorists. Scowl and yell in bullying tones while disregarding individuals seeking assistance. Plan best route for uh, route for own escape in case real terrorists show up someday. Anyway, poor Darren asked this cretin if he could move ahead of the others, and she ignored him. Oof. Of course, she's too busy doing nothing. Eventually, Darren made it to the x-ray machine, where he placed his laptop inside its case on the belt and went through the metal detector. An officer informed him the computer and case had to go through again separately. Those wimpy rays apparently don't see through Christmas paper either, prompting the TSA to command, travel with unwrapped gifts. If a wrapped gift sets off an alarm, TSA security officers will need to unwrap the gift to resolve the alarm. Lois Lane must have hoped Superman's vision was this feeble. Our hero had endured enough nonsense by now. He then told the supervisor that screeners were going to make him late for the plane by using their, this is his quote, 
Nazi-style police state tactics. Mm. That's what he said to the TSA security screener. Mm. Now, Darren might not realize it, but he was paraphrasing a Supreme Court justice who knew a thing about Nazis. Robert Jackson had represented the United States at the Nuremberg trials. Four years later, while deciding Bringar versus the United States, he extolled the Fourth Amendment, saying, These rights, I protest, are not mere second-class rights, but belong in the catalog of indispensable freedoms. Among deprivations of rights, none is so effective in cowing a population, crushing the spirit of the individual, and putting terror in every heart. Uncontrolled search and seizure is one of the first and most effective weapons in the arsenal of every arbitrary government. Or, as Darren succinctly put it, police state. The TSA boasts more Nazi ties. There, its parent bureaucracy, the Department of Homeland Security, or there is its parent bureaucracy, even neoconservative cheerleader Peggy Noonan, uh, Peggy Noonan tisk, tisked its demonic echoes in an otherwise supportive column for the Wall Street Journal, saying, The name Homeland Security grates on a lot of people, understandably. Homeland isn't really an American word. It's not something we used to say or say now. It has a vaguely Teutonic ring. We must help the Fuhrer protect the homeland. Yeah. Right. Um, homeland security, I, I just yeah. it's always right. grated against me. That, you know, it's too close to the fatherland or mother uh-huh. Russia. Yeah. In fact, there's nothing vague about Homeland's Teutonic Ring. It clearly and horrifically tolls Third Reich. Wikipedia points out that Homeland is translated as Heimatland, and this was a term used by the Nazis to refer to the German Fatherland. So it's really directly linked to the term Fatherland. Wow. It was also the name of a strongly pro-Nazi magazine edited by William Weiss during the rise of the Nazi party in Germany. I'll be the first to agree that George Bush makes bubblegum look intelligent. Still, it's hard to believe his administration chose the term unwittingly. So, you might think that the TSA would be flattered when alert customers like Darren note the connection. But modern Nazis spur their progenitor. The TSA supervisor, a Florida National Guard member, and Iraq War vet blew up. I don't have to listen to your S and being called a Nazi, he said. According to a TSA report dated Tuesday, two officers detailed to watch for suspicious behavior then decided that Derek, and not the goon who blew up, was a heightened concern individual, said the TSA spokesbureaucrat. They directed him to additional screening, a body pat-down, and a scan with a handheld metal detector, despite the fact that federal law enforcement officials have long and vehemently denied targeting dissidents. These liars met their match in Darren. He refused to give his phone number. Nor did he agree to have the pat-down in a private room, noting the case of a woman who died while being detained at the Phoenix airport. Yeah. Talked about that. Sounds like he's done a little bit of his research. Yeah. Way to go, Darren. This guy wins our Patriotic Passenger Award. Not only did he decline to cooperate with murderers, he called them on their crimes. His prize? The supervisor had airport police escort Derek from the terminal. Could have been worse. Leviathan often imprisons or kills revolutionaries who tell the truth. Meanwhile, the TSA lived up to Darren's charge. Its report concluded that Derek's frustration made him a victim of himself. Ridiculous regulations, supervisors throwing tantrums, and vengeful minions, uh, minions had nothing to do with it, apparently. Chillingly, officers followed all procedures. In other words, the TSA's procedures call for punishing passengers who refused to cringe. Add the First Amendment to the Second and Fourth as ones this unspeakably evil agency has gutted. But at least America's Nazis are fastidious. They said in their report the supervisor will receive a corrective action for using profanity. You certainly don't want a thug shouting vulgarities as he tramples the Constitution. Darren's valor continues. He might actually turn out to be a Ron Paul voter, which accords with his all-around good sense. He said, I didn't go into the uh, the airport and yell terrorist, he said. It's the system. 
everyone is treated like a criminal. It's dehumanizing. And he's absolutely right. That's great. Well done. Congratulations to him. I don't know if necessarily for calling them Nazis. That's probably what brought the trouble down in the first place. But when they were demanding information from him for refusing to turn it over, and he managed to walk away unscathed. Yeah, you know, I I, I can understand where he gets the term Nazi. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's definitely it it, it is the it is a harbinger as far as I'm concerned. The TSA is a harbinger of a totalitarian government to come. Um, that you know, essentially, it's it's softening the citizens up for you know, checkpoints elsewhere, sure, and perhaps house to house searches, that kind of thing, the sort of thing that Nazis would have done. Except that, well, we're not gassing any Jews um, or anybody else, any ethnic. There's no ethnic cleansing going on in the United States, and likely there won't be. Um, well, the what, Jews didn't know they were gassing the Jews either. Th- that's it's true they didn't, and nor did the uh, uh, German citizens at the time. And but no, there there aren't any mass disappearance cases quite. Right, yet. It's, it seems very unlikely to me. So it's the people that uh, would be, you know, the the, the people that uh, are participating in this. You can't convince that in fact they are Nazis because there are no Jews being gassed. Mm. Right. So, even though even though technically he is right when he says Nazi style police state tactics for these people is very inflammatory. They don't understand the essence of what he's saying and they don't get it. The fact that the Nazis did do this sort of thing in addition to a lot of really other uh, other really terrible things. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. likely the TSA is hiring the most well versed in history. No, either. definitely not. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. Otherwise, they might figure out that history is repeating itself in a way. Uh, you can bring up anything. I know, Gardner, you've got a handful of things relating oh, to TSA, the airport. TSA all, all the way, way man. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So enjoy those on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just head on over to freetalklive.com. Grab them right off the front page. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee. No hoops to jump through. Just free archives. freetalklive.com. Movies, lingerie, and marital aids. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off AdamEve.com slash talk. Uh, still to come here, more on the airports of America with Gardner. But mm. first, we go to the phone calls and talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Paula? Hi, good afternoon, Hush. What's uh, did, you, did you hear the power hour this morning? Uh, no, no, I don't. No. Don't listen to okay, that. Okay, so something very serious is getting ready to happen. Uh, there's an, Also, you get a newsletter about this. Uh, the international uh, uh, forecaster was on. No, I don't They're get that newsletter. They're getting ready to close the, the small banks. They're closing they small said, banks? Yeah, and they said you need to get your money out by at least April 15th. Well, what happens if you don't get your money out by April 15th? Uh, small the, FDA, the FDIC, well, they'll have to see you. Maybe say that you're not going to be able to get all of it at one time, they said, because they, they can't afford this. Anyway, you can get a free newsletter on this. There's a toll-free That's number. It's quite an call. outrageous claim, Paula. You're saying they're going to shut they, down every small bank in America? They said they can't afford to keep the small ones going. Who's they? Gonna, anyway, uh, Robert Chapman was on, and... Uh, 
Anyway, he gave us the news, and so anyway, some other crazy things. Whatever it is, too. I mean, I don't know much about the show you're you're listening to, but it sounds to me uh, pretty incredible. I mean, well, this has to do with the economy and what's happening. Now, I wait mean, a minute, Paula. Are you suggesting that these small banks are just going to go bottoms up without alerting their customers to that fact? All I know is what he said: that so they cannot afford to keep the smaller banks open yeah. anymore. You know what you might want to do is uh, just question things. Right question things you hear on the radio because that's I don't uh, I don't know I'm who that guy writer. is and I don't know where he gets his no. information. He is, he is a guy with the with the economy anyway. He's, uh, a, he's, he's a with the economy. Uh, you got to be pretty <laughs> skeptical of all that to me. Well, Paul. I want to get the newsletter to check it out, but I just thought I'll let you get on the website about this. Yeah, and I there's won't some buy other it. stuff mm. too. That's going an absurd on. claim. It's not even really worth well, I'm uh, just saying, research. Just check into it, okay? Yeah. That's the best you check thing to into do. it first and then get back to us. She's, That's but the way yeah, she's do. done all the checking she's going to do. I mean, she I mean, heard I've it got on the, the radio. Newsletter. I've got the newsletter, and I mean, I've already sent for it. Just because someone puts out a newsletter, Paula, doesn't mean that there's any legitimacy. in there about it. How small? Now, how does one define a small bank? Is it only one branch or something with less um, yeah, than five I mean, branches? Yeah, small, you know, not, you know, like like ours here. We have like a little Putnam State Bank here. Now, Mark, uh, you, know, Mark, you remember a credit, credit union, union, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah. they got a little credit union Are credit too. unions also considered small banks? Uh, I don't know. Hey, I don't know. I'm just telling you what we were told this morning, and he said for people to get ready for this. And uh, but anyway, there's some more stuff going on too. Um, oh yeah, the, I bet the police are, are are starting to do some really crazy things. Well, that much is true. Yeah, and they said that uh, uh, the judge was on this morning. Uh, not not what is this? Guy? He was on Fox News. Napolitano. Anyway, yeah, and he's he said good. for everybody to start carrying a tape recorder in their vehicle. They're start they're stopping people for no reason, illegally charging them, making false charges on them, and all this. And he said have a tape recorder in your car at you, all times. You know, Apollo, that's the best advice. You've ever given on this show. Thanks for the yeah. call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Though tape recorders are kind of twentieth century, we now have Just these video. Well, video's good, but but you can also get one of these uh, audio recording devices that are very, relatively small in comparison yeah. to a video camera. Though video cameras are getting really small too now. Uh, and so if you have some sort of recording device with you, you're better off than without. That's for sure. Though, of course, nothing will stop the police from snatching the recording device from you and either confiscating it or smashing it on the ground. We, uh, Mark, you and I went to uh, the beer tasting over the weekend. The Free Staters here in the uh, Keene area of New Hampshire had uh, have started to brew their own beer. Tasty beer at that. Yeah. Uh, the, the name of it... <laughs> Might, Gold, might golden goat scrote. Golden goat scrote. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, it was very good beer. I had some of it with you, and uh, we were there with Lauren Canario, who we've talked about a number of times on this show, and how she's a, a great civil disobedience activist. Yeah. There was one incident that happened last year with Lauren when she was walking up toward the Ed and Elaine Brown house. Uh, as you may recall, Ed and Elaine Brown were uh, holding out the feds, uh, trying to prevent themselves from being arrested and taken to pr uh, federal prison on tax evasion charges. But uh, that's not the story. The story is how Lauren was trying to go and visit Ed and Elaine, and as she was walking down the road, the federal government goons that had decided to put up a roadblock on the, the little county road that was outside of Edna Lane Brown's house, they told her that, uh, well, they told her that she wasn't allowed to go to Ed and Elaine's property. And she said, well, that's fine. I'm just going to take a walk. She, she didn't say for sure she was going to their property. So she tried to walk past their little roadblock. And it was at that point that they arrested her and confiscated her video camera and her videotape inside the camera. She has yet to see the return of her tape or her camera. They still have it. Yeah. Huh. And it's been months. 
it's been like six months at least since that incident occurred. And apparently it's not Lauren's camera anymore. Not charged for it, right? Right. No, she wasn't charged or anything like that. Uh, Apparently, yeah, because they let her out of jail that night. They arrested her, took her to the local jail, and they let her out. No charges filed. But they took her camera. Now, that's that's theft, isn't it? Isn't that stealing? I mean, is it just me? or Well, the, if you uh, get enough people to back you up, then I guess it's not theft. Then it's the will of the majority, right? Yeah, it's perfectly acceptable. I mean, they did it in Russia and Germany, so why not here? You know, private property is really meaningless if it causes it's a thorn in the side of the group mentality. I mean, you can't have that. So, uh, So, yes, good advice. Have a recording device with you, though having an expensive recording device with you might be risky. In that if you lose it, you're out your cash and there's nothing you can do. You know, so maybe what you ought to do is have a recording device, have two recording devices, one sort of hidden, one yeah. more in plain view, say in your car or something, so that when the cops take the first one, you've got it on t- uh, recorded that they've taken the first one and then they don't realize that they've missed the second one. That would be going the extra mile, and you're right. Most cops would probably think they got your camera or they got your audio recording device and not consider looking for another. And then maybe you'd need a third one just in case the cops start to catch on. Then you'd have a third one pointed at the second one, and then you sort of... Well, eventually the cops do catch on, uh, at least to to some extent. There's a guy at CheckpointUSA.org, his name's Terry, who's been recording his his encounters with the Border Patrol at this internal checkpoint, Mm. which is uh, not on the border, but about 40 miles north of the border on a road that doesn't even intersect with the border. It's just an internal checkpoint where they're demanding people give up their their identification and their citizenship. Of what country uh, are you from is the question that, that they ask when you get pulled over. And he makes a point of never answering their question. He always bats it back with questions back at them. And we played some of the audio on the show, but he's finally started a YouTube channel. Uh, and again, it's CheckpointUSA.org. The blog is definitely what you want to take a look at. But uh, the, the YouTube channel is also named CheckpointUSA, and he's been posting newer videos recently. Now, they haven't been quite good enough to put on the air, but the most recent one was interesting because now they're harassing him when he gets pulled over. They must have done some digging, and now they're waving at him and calling him by name, saying things like, Hey, Terry, and waving at him, and they're taking pictures of him now because he was videotaping them. So it's kind of weird what's going on down there, yet they still can't force him to answer the question about his uh, citizenship. It's kind of interesting how that's developing. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Mark and Dave all on the way. Your calls as well. Whatever you bring up, plus Gardner will uh, give us an update on what's happening in the nation's airports. Some new regulations coming down for international travelers, which, of course, is going to drive even more of them away from this country. They're not going to come back. Scientists have discovered a human hormone that increases people's trust in each other, oxytocin. And for the first time, with Liquid Trust, you can harness this power. Buy Liquid Trust now at 800-507-3718 or liquidtrustspray.com. Use code FTL to get free shipping. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away, so enjoy those on us, uh, including the wiki, over 1,500 pages created by listeners like you. Go and get interactive for free. It's wiki.freetalklive.com, wiki.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click join us today. 
We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. 800-259-9231. Still to come more about the airports, but we continue with your phone calls for now. It's Mark in Florida. Mark, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Guard and Mark. Hello. Hey, what's hey. on your mind? Hi, Mark. Ian Guard. Hey. hey. How are y'all doing? I wanted to ask you, what, did y'all, what do y'all think of Firefly uh-huh. for <laughs> opening people up to liberty? Uh, Guard's going to have to answer this one because I've never seen it. It's on my rental list right now. Oh, man, and you picked a good one. I think Ian needs to visit BitTorrent for that one there. (laughs) It's on my rental list. It'll get to me eventually. Although this might be one that, uh, (laughs) excuse me, you might want uh, Joss Whedon, even though he's not a libertarian, uh, to get the money for because it's such a great achievement. Um, The entire series is a wonderful way, I think, to introduce people to the themes of freedom, if, even if on an introductory level, because the show really is, is really for more intermediate or long, long, long-term libertarians who have been involved with the philosophy a lot to be able to recognize all of the references and all the drops that are in there. I mean, they've even got drops to the, the, to the fallen statue of Stalin in one of the episodes that they have. Uh, there's so much stuff in there about legalized prostitution, uh, unions, government involvement with uh, with schooling, with medical care, all sorts of things that at various levels I think you can introduce people to the ethics of freedom. But you can also, if they stick with it, if they you know read some things about libertarian philosophy, you can also go back, revisit it, and find even extra stuff to go in there. And, and it's funny you brought it up because on the 21st I'm going to be speaking – uh, at one of our uh, local borders in New Hampshire here in our, our state capital and presenting sh- scenes from Firefly and Serenity to the audience because I have this piece in this in this uh, book called Finding Serenity. So, yeah, I mean, you, you picked one of the best ones for freedom out there. You couldn't you couldn't do better, really. So now, what would you recommend, Mark? Should uh, should I watch Serenity, the movie first, or should I s- just start with the TV series? Start with the TV series. Watch the whole TV series because the movie takes place after the TV series. But if you watch the movie first, you can still get caught up on what's going on. That's, Either one. that's the way I did it, too. Um, I, had, I had not had a, a chance to see it, Ian, and, and it was wild because... Hey, who's right that there, in the Mark? background there, my man? <laughs> that's, that is Jack, um, my nine-month-old son. Hey! And right. Mark Jack is a good name for a for a little boy there. It's it's pretty uh it, it's getting popular. Um it's it's it very is. popular in Australia and uh, England, but it's not so not nearly as popular in the United States. Well, if there was ever a good reason to have a name, then uh, pick the most popular one. Huh? <laughs> well, yeah. well, it's like jump on the bandwagon, okay, you know, F. Paul Wilson. You can name. <laughs> I after didn't pick that. it for that reason. My wife happens to like it. That's the reason. Uh, oh, so we you like go with Jack? Too? Yeah, we, uh, Jackson Stewart and Jack Edgington. Oh. <laughs> All right, so well, Mark, um, any other thoughts the on that? I asked that question yeah. is because the, a, a couple of weeks ago there was a poll someplace asking if they thought Firefly was canceled because of their pro-freedom message, because it was a Fox show, and we all know how Fox loves freedom. Um, and it generated a discussion on one of the Browncoat boards, mm-hmm. the Southeast Browncoats Yahoo groups, and it generated the best online discussion I have ever seen about freedom. It did not devolve into name-calling or anything. Hmm. Well, it is one of the best programs for freedom. That and I think The Prisoner with Patrick McGowan, which is... Uh, actually, I would say Prisoner is probably the best because it's so so abstract and, and wild and unusual. But Firefly has such heart, and they could go into the characters a little more than Prisoner could because The Prisoner... 
uh, the characters you can't find out about them because they're all former spies. That's the mystery of the show. So it's uh, really just an adventure-driven story with some some hidden uh, mysteries that you are revealed in the end of the, the series. But with Firefly, uh, I entered into it watching Serenity, having not seen an episode. I went with a group of free staters. I loved it. I loved the themes of the of the film. I just thought, boy, this is just terrific. It's such a great analogy to the to the states versus the central government or individuals themselves against the state. And then I watched the series afterwards. A friend lent it to me. And a girl I was dating helped get me set up to do this this piece for Mark. We gotta uh, let book. you go. Thanks for the call That's tonight. Fine. Appreciate okay. it. Sorry, Gardner. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, if, if anybody gets a chance, uh, I wrote a piece on the libertarian themes of freedom in uh, in Firefly and Serenity, and it's in this book called Serenity Found. So I don't get it. Uh, you said that the guy that wrote the show isn't a libertarian. No, he's not. He's the guy but who yet did you Buffy just the Vampire named Slayer. Off, it's you named off so I, many different I, examples. I can't explain it to you. Um, I interviewed Jane Espenson, and she was one of the co-producers of the program she was the person who edited the book that serenity found book mm-hmm. that i was in and i wrote this article and she said you know until i read your article i hadn't thought about all those themes themes that were in there so really? obviously they can be missed by people yeah um and but it's fascinating because once you start to see these themes they're so explicit and so overt you can't believe that joss whedon is not a libertarian and he's, you're sure that he's not i'm pretty sure he's not um he i mean they they have all sorts of stuff in there it's it's pro-gun it's pro-privateering uh, everything about the character mal he's essentially an anarchist an hmm. uh, you know anarcho-capitalist everything he does <laughs> is on a handshake for commerce um, there's even a guy who is like him, who opposes a lot of the government rules, but sets up his own un, you know, unfortunate rules on his own little moon, where he's like a tin pot dictator, mm-hmm. and he tries to liken himself to Mal, the main character, and he says, oh yeah, you know, I'll, I'll oppose any of these government l- laws that are bad for my family, and Mal's like, oh yeah, yeah, we really understand each other, wink, wink, because this guy sets up his own terrible rules that help his family in his little tin pot dictatorship on this moon. There's They, they even show the difference between the legalized prostitute who are unionized and they're <laughs> legally granted the monopoly by the government and those who are not, who are still trying to scrape together and survive without being part of the union and they're not really legal compared to the to the other ones. It's absolutely amazing what they do in this show. It is one of the most pro-free market stories ever ever written. And so do you believe in the uh, conspiracy that Mark suggested that uh, they that took is, it off the air because it was too pro-freedom? Well, let me tell you. I'll tell you. Given the success of Joss Whedon, uh, they Buffy aired, the Vampire Slayer. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel. I mean, two very popular shows. Um, they aired the second episode, not the debut episode, but the second episode of the series first, which was a mistake. The second episode uh, didn't introduce the characters the same way as the first one did. It didn't give you the setup of how this sort of totalitarian space system got created. Okay. And, and um, that was a mistake. It could have been just because of ratings, but heck, they've gone with a lot of other shows. Fox is usually pretty well known on giving shows a real chance, and they didn't give this show a chance. The, the only thing that allowed this show to survive was the fan reaction that allowed them to get the impetus to get the money to make the movie, to finish off the entire story. It is a great, compact, 
It's something you're going to keep for years. It's so good. Amazing. It's I'm looking, I'm looking Fox, forward to seeing that. Fox could have. I, I wouldn't put it past So them. you're saying that maybe they would not have identified the pro-freedom themes perhaps on a read of the script or on a, an early view? I mean, how could that have slipped past? That's what, it just seems kind of paranoid to me to suggest that well, well, they would let it have 13 episodes or however many episodes it ended, ended up having and not pull the plug early once they yeah, realized, well, yeah. this is too pro-freedom. No, it's funny. You're right. Because in the second episode is called Train Job, and that's, that's a story that explicitly talks uh, about the decentralization of power and how inefficient centralized decision-making is, specifically in trying to get um, some sort of medicine to people who live in a far-off hmm. world, and they're getting shafted by the central authorities, and, and the storyline is just terrific in it. But w- what's interesting is, so right from right at the start, they had a sort of concept of central authority is bad. You know, that was from yeah. the very beginning. Um, I don't know why, but it does get more and more overt against central authority as, the as they goes go on. along. So it's possible that Fox started to get a little worried about it. Very cool. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Still on the way, Dave in Ohio, plus your calls about anything. And uh, Garden will update us on the airport situation. In, a, uh, in addition, later tonight, smokehouses are starting to appear across the country. We'll explain what those are. You might be able to guess. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, go shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. Entering Amazon through that link will result in a percentage of your purchase going to Free Talk Live. It's that simple. You just uh, get your shopping done in over 41 categories. You know Amazon. They're the largest internet retailer in the world with a huge selection. Great free super saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. Uh, Head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and a percent of your sale will go to Free Talk Live. Uh, In addition, Soviet-style central planning, as you well know, doesn't work. So what's the best way to reach out to liberty lovers? Is it Google Ads, direct mail, advertising on Free Talk Live? Well, only you know best. You choose what project is worthy of your dollar by going to freestateproject.org slash donate and choose how you want to contribute. That's freestateproject.org slash donate. 800-259-9231. So, Gardner, you said you had another comment on this uh, Firefly Serenity. Yeah, you know, the the debate about whether Fox might have been involved with with pulling the, the plug, typically people will tell you, look... Uh, it's all financial. If a show is really being making successful, money, right? yeah. if it's making money, they'll keep it on. Um, but you got to remember, you know, this is Rupert Murdoch we're talking about here, and uh, the neocons have been very involved with the Fox thing. I I don't know. Um, I I suspect that they didn't decide because it was politically driven or something like that. But if people do get an opportunity to watch the show, they'll see that. Not only do they question the government's uh, involvement in in private financial affairs, they question government schools, they question government health care, and and in in Hmm. so many ways, uh, it is such a purely libertarian show. If anybody knows whether or not Joss Whedon is a libertarian, I suspect he is not. I don't think he is. I know he's anti-war, that's for sure. Um, um, just, you know, drop me a line or, you know, get in touch with me at C-L-G-G-R-A-N-D-E. I have something, I have something here. I don't know if it's 
too explicit, but a quote from a Reason article about the show oh, says, great. Whedon, a quote from Whedon is, Mal is Mal, one of the characters. If not a Republican, certainly a Libertarian. He's certainly a less government kind of guy. He's the opposite of me in many ways. Wow, that is what a gutsy guy to have... I mean, this is just a huge hero. This guy's like the best. Mal yeah, is why the would best. You write, why would you, if you aren't a libertarian, why would you write a show about liberty or libertarian ideas? Why would you promote that if you aren't a libertarian? If, if something, you know, God forbid, if something terrible were to happen to Joss Whedon, I mean, uh, I would remember him very fondly for putting together some great entertainment with Buffy the Vampire Slayer and with Angel at times. But he would go down in history, I think, for anybody sentimentally as a guy who helped promote the cause of freedom. That would be on his tombstone. I mean, the guy, it is such a great show. It'll get you choked up at times thinking about how explicit they are. And I just want to remind people that that book, uh, Serenity Found, it's it's over at Amazon. And if you get it, that uh, that article I wrote, there's a lot in there, but I wasn't able to even include everything. Sure. So it's it's a it's a great show. It's a, just a great show for freedom, and you know we'll talk about it for people in New Hampshire or whatever. I'll post a link on the Liberty Conspiracy site so you can find out you know when and where I'll be talking about it, and we'll watch scenes together and have you sounds know, like fun. Juice. Yeah, it'll be fun. That's your uh, your website by the way, LibertyConspiracy.com. As we continue with Dave in Ohio, Dave listening on WAIS. Hello. Hi guys. I I would never send my kids to government school. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. You, when I know you're going to disagree with me because I know you're not a believer like I am, but I'm not a pushy believer. Oh, Mark's a believer, and I think Gardner's a believer if you're talking about a God, right? Yeah. yeah. But uh, when I was in sixth grade, they took prayer out of school, and that's when things started going downhill. Well, that, that you know, that's the thing about um, liberty, though, when it comes to school. Uh, I don't personally think that uh, kids that uh, you know, I that every kid should be required to pray in schools, and you, you may think differently, but we should all be able to send our kids where we want to send them. And I went to a school for nine years where they prayed every day, several times a day in school. And you know, I I would send my kid to that school if that was uh, if I, if I was in that general vicinity, simply because I think it's the best school in the area. I think yeah. that you know, when, when did you say that was? What year was that, Dave? Uh, nineteen. 80, 81, Oh, the schools went downhill way before yeah. that, man. I'll yeah. just refer you to John Taylor Gatto's Inside American Public Education. Um, also, you can look up uh, probably the preeminent guy is Sam Blumenfeld. Sam Blumenfeld, Is Public Education Necessary? is one of his best books. But in 19... Yeah, let me write that down. Yes, please do. Sam Blumenfeld, he's in his 80s. He was one of my dad's best friends when my dad worked in, in the Reagan administration trying to eliminate the Department of Education. It started to go left. down when they created the Department of Education it, in the 1950s. It, it, yeah, it went down when they decided that uh, they needed to model the school system after the Prussian system in the late 1800s. And even before then, uh, Sam traces it all the way back to the Unitarians in Massachusetts for, at Harvard University who yeah, no. wanted to uh, start up ways to try to inculcate people in the Unitarian theme. Now, so what they, was the name of the book? Uh, it's called Is Public Education Necessary? And his last name is Blumenfeld. There it you is, go, Dave. Thanks for the call. Okay, yeah, Dave, you. please. Yes, yeah. uh, and and Sam Blumenfeld has gotten his hands on internal meetings of some of the teachers' unions' meetings and some of the people who drive these things, going all the way back to John Dewey and Horace Mann and all these names that you hear of as the typical bad guys in government education and they certainly are not only are they but he also found 
that in some of their meetings they had very, very in, strict intentions about how they had to split the American populace up into groups. One would be the controllers, the intellectuals, the, the elites, thinkers, yeah. the elites. The other would be the blue-collar workers, it, it and really they would seems be ill-educated. To me, um, when, you, when you look at school, here's a, a completely unnatural system where you put kids together in a big group, uh, group them off by ages um, so that they don't learn to act like kids older than right, them or anything like that. Right. They, uh, they, they sit there. Most of school uh, it, it seems to be, especially in high school, um, it, it seems to be more about shut up, what's your name, raise your hand when you're, don't speak out of turn. Right. Um, yeah. you know, Order. It, 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 it's, control, it's, control. It, it's really yeah. about control. And, you know, I, I question a lot of the things that they teach in high school. Make sure you're in class by the time the bell rings. Yeah, there's, oh, there's, yeah. there's the and, bell that controls people. And one of people. the worst things, especially you guys uh, with your with your child, uh, anybody who has a child now, Sam Blumenfeld in the late 60s, this is why it, it, it goes way back into the, in the, in the 1930s and 40s, when they started with the Dick and Jane books, Sam Blumenfeld traces the so-called whole language look-say method of reading, okay. which instead of teaching phonics, the Horace Manns and the teachers' unions and a lot of these people who are involved in trying to bring in the Prussian model and split people up based on the workers, the intellectuals, and things like that, they knew there would be one group that would just learn how to read anyway. But they intentionally, intentionally tried to teach kids a different way of reading called whole language, look, say, or sight reading. It's been given all these different words. The Dick and Jane books were the start of it, where they, instead of teaching kids how to read phonetically by splitting the words into syllables, mm-hmm. sounding the syllables off. So if you have the word doctor, you sound out the D-O-C, doc, doc the T-O-R, tour. And then if right. you see doctoral or doctorate, you might not you know it what together. it means, but you can put it together and sound it out and you can look it up. Instead of doing that, which is the key because it's a phonetically based sound symbol system, the alphabet, instead of doing that, they give kids blocks of words, just words as if they're pictograms. And they say, this word is doctor. This word is is dinosaur. I met a kid six and a half years old, God's honest truth, he's with, with his grandmother where I'm working part-time at this bookstore. She comes in, do you have any books on sharks? He loves sharks. Six and a half year old kid. And I said, yeah, come on over here. Oh, no, no, he has some problems. I said, wait a minute, ma'am. I wrote the word doctor down, just like I told you guys. And I said, hey, buddy, can you tell me what this word is? He looked at it and he said, uh, dinosaur? He was seeing the D? And the R, he was trying to guess at what it was. He knew a word that he liked, dinosaur. And then I split it. I said, man, this kid's not being taught phonics. He's got no problems at all. He doesn't have any physiological problems. And this kid's going to be tracked and drugged, and his life is going to be screwed unless you listen to me right now. And I put out DOC, and I had him sound it out. And I put out TOR and another piece of paper, and I had him sound it out. And then I put them together. And I said, now can you tell me what it says? And it was like lights went off. He goes, Doctor! And I was like, yes. I said, get this <laughs> Gardner kid a Goldsmith accomplishes game. in five minutes what his uh, English class couldn't and accomplish Sam, in five years. Sam wrote a book in the late 60s called The New Illiterates and How to Prevent Your Children from Becoming well, Some of Them, or How to Your Child from Becoming One of Them. Sam Blumenfeld. And he predicted this was going to happen. He predicted kids were going to get diagnosed with physiological problems and drugged and all these things. And it's because of the government unionized establishment, they will not shake this sight reading concept. It is so stupid, and now there's a vested interest for the psychiatric profession to keep it going. Because they want to the prescribe kids, the medicine. Exactly. The more kids who get diagnosed with learning disabilities, the more federal money they get, the more drugs they can sell to wow, the schools. Wow, what a mess. It's an absolute, absolute tragedy. It's, it's, and it's because of the government school systems.
Mark, you're making the right decision, keeping your kid out. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Still to come, the latest on the airport situation. The totalitarianism continues. Also on the way, Special Agent Chris is on the line. And Dan, uh, you'll, your calls, too, if you make them. 800-259-9231. Hour 2, coming up, this is Free Talk Live. It's time to pick a candidate, a serious candidate for president, and start moving forward. That candidate is George Phillies. This is George Phillies, Libertarian for President. I approved of this message, paid for by Phillies 2008. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the Sakel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gar. And Mark. As we launch in hour number two of the program, you can bring up anything, as always. Gardner with the latest on the airport tyranny situation here in a few moments. But first, your phone calls are the priority. So we go to them and talk to Special Agent Chris in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hello, Chris. Hi. Uh, I'm the guy that called in the other day about kidnapping judges. Oh, it's you. Okay. <laughs> you with the, uh, the, the advocation of violence on this show. And I... Of course, we are uh, absolutely against that particular idea and any uh, initiation of force on our part. But what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm not advocating violence at all. Uh, I'd just okay. like to speak about it. Um, uh, <laughs> Friday's show, uh, Ian advocated kidnapping kids from abusive parents. And yeah, I was talking about what could happen in the absence of a Department of Children and Families, for instance, which, of course, is a government bureaucracy that essentially kidnap, kidnaps kids uh, from abusive, alleged abusive parents and then demands that the parents uh, that they prove their innocence in order to get their kids back at a, a tremendous cost. And I was just suggesting that if people care that much about uh, kids that they believe are being abused, then they should do the kidnapping themselves instead of having the government do it for them. Well, it's, it's, that's similar. It's very similar to kidnapping judges, it seems to me. No, it's but, not, uh, because you, you, can't make the, uh, you can't make a case that the judge is at home being abused by his parents. Uh, and in this case, the idea would be to take the kids out of an undesirable place that they're being forced to stay in and place them in a more desirable location, which, of course, the child would be able to consent to or refuse should he decide that he agrees or disagrees uh, with an action like that. So, no, it's not the same thing at all. Okay. Well, I, to, the last thing about that is just that uh, the shootings in Missouri, if uh, the bureaucrats had been arrested, they would still be alive right now. If the bureau, who, what, what do you mean, who? The shootings in Missouri? You, you mean the guy that shot up the uh, city council? Yeah. I mean, if they, it's true. If they, if they were arrested, then this wouldn't, that would not have happened. If who was arrested? This if, if, if they had uh, done some kind of citizen's arrest, some, some right. militia had done a posse arrest right. on these, uh, these bureaucrats, then they would be alive right oh, now. Oh, I see what you mean. I don't think that it's going to, uh, you know, it, it, <laughs> you know the, the, the guy in uh, Missouri, he, he died. Um, and, yeah. you know, Just as you will die if you arrest someone uh, like yeah, that. You know, it's, <laughs> as far as the, the bureaucrats are concerned, uh, it, it wouldn't make a difference. You know, the, the cops that would be on the case. You'll probably die in a hail of bullets if you do, do something like that. Yeah, you'll that. never have a chance yeah. to defend yourself. And um, right. if you look, there's there's case after case, uh, you know, situation after situation like this out there on the internet. You can look at uh, Carl Draga, um, look him up on Google, and uh, there's oh, yeah. there's all kinds of uh, situations where people just go berserk, and you know it it doesn't parla- it doesn't uh, tell the general audience of America. 
that there is a, what the problem is. You're, you're not able to articulate through action um, what what your complaint is. Arresting judges is they're just going to assume. Well, oh, it's some militia, Michigan militia guys. They're they're out of their minds. ABC yeah. News told me so. Well, I'm, I mean, I. The, the kidnapping judges thing is just kind of an off idea. I'm not necessarily saying that that's what people should do. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that Good. that's something, of course, that people can do because they can do whatever they want to because, well, they're supposed to be free. But um, actually, I, one, the point of the call really is uh, to ask Ian, are you a pacifist? No, absolutely not. I believe in self-defense. You, you believe in defensive force? And yeah, absolutely, of course. So uh, if someone is stealing from you, well, like the government, and you know, at the point of a gun, you always use that term. Uh, isn't shouldn't you take defensive? Yeah. I see where you're coming from. I and you you could make the argument that the government has already initiated force, and so therefore, right. uh, therefore, doing something awful to government people is completely justified, and that they've already initiated force, and you're just simply defending yourself. Uh, you could make that argument, but it is for the reasons we've pointed out before. It's it's probably one of the worst paths that you can take because of the way you're going to be viewed by the rest of the public. Uh, and, in, and in the cases that you're talking about, arresting judges uh, or in some, some, more, uh, some of our more radical callers have suggested just killing cops, uh, in, in these cases, you're going to end up dead and you'll never have the chance to make your case to the public at large. You'll never have a chance to talk about your ideas. You'll never have a chance to spread your, uh, your ideas or your message. You'll just be one dead person. Yeah, I think and I, no one will care. I, I look agree. like a crazy. I agree with Ian 100%. And, uh, you know, I think what it comes down to is how are you striking back? Are you striking back with physical force? Are you striking back verbally? Because uh, in the atmosphere in which we live today, we are being preyed upon constantly. And certainly, uh, in, a, in a theoretical sense, someone could possibly be justified in defending himself, but to the public eye, that would never wash. Right. You know? It would be and okay then, if you got, uh, for instance, Gardner, if on your way home you were waylaid and assaulted by a gang of obvious thugs, uh, people that are not members of the government, if you were just assaulted by a gang of street kids or street thugs, then it would be understandable if they were using force on you to defend yourself, especially here in New Hampshire with the gun laws uh, being very lax. You could very easily defend yourself and probably have very little trouble uh, moving on with your life at, you know, at that point from that point on but if you were to do the same thing when it came to a cop pulling you over people wouldn't see yeah. it in the same light yeah. even though it's really essentially the same thing because the government has this uh, aura of legitimacy surrounding it people believe differently about it and so therefore you have to take that into account when you're dealing with it you just can't go out and uh, start murdering cops and bureaucrats it's not going to do you any good and besides these are our people they've just been misled many of them think they're doing the right thing they think they're doing good uh, in their role in government and they're, they're just misinformed so it's possible that many of them could be informed and they could be uh, converted to uh, a pro-liberty viewpoint uh, so to to throw all that away and just start taking people's lives is really barbaric and and kind of disgusting. Yeah, I have another idea though. Uh, it's not as bad, but uh, just throw poop at them. Bureaucrats. <laughs> <laughs> like, certainly, that certainly would be nonviolent. It's, I suppose. it's unlike well, it's it's, it's violence. It's Throwing assault, anything, absolutely, you're gonna yeah. you're going to get in trouble. And um, you wouldn't hurt them though. You wouldn't. No, they no. probably won't throw bullets back. 
in that particular instance. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. I liken it to if you've ever been in a situation, and, you know, I'm not really probably telling you anything new, but if you need to address it to anybody else, um, uh, if you've ever been in a situation where, hypothetically, let's say somebody misled someone about you, uh, you know, some bad guy on the schoolyard said that you stole uh, somebody's lunch money or something like that, and then that person comes after you. Uh, you would perfectly be within your rights to put punch back, but if you knew that that person had been misled, you know that if you punch back, it might actually cause longer, long-term resentment with this person who was misled erroneously by the bad guy into thinking that you're the bad guy. When instead, if you can find some other way, almost you know, yin and yang or jujitsu sort of emotion, where you use that motion and you say, "Hold it, let me turn it around on itself a little bit," without hurting too much this person and show him the error of his ways. That's sort of what we can do uh, verbally. And, and uh, there will come a point, perhaps, when we can't continue doing it verbally. But until that close time, to it's not going to serve our purposes to fight, fight back with force. Right. The fact is, we, can, we have the most powerful ideas. Those who believe in liberty, we have the ideas that are right. We believe in voluntary associations of individuals. Uh, we believe in mankind advancing beyond this totalitarian state where there's always a strong man ruling over them. We believe in uh, getting the government out of our lives so we can make our own decisions. And these are all things that we can communicate to others pretty effectively uh, when given the opportunity. But if all we're doing is enacting violence on the opposition, then we're just going to be, we're lowering ourselves to that to their level. And I refuse to lower myself to the level of, uh, of the thugs. And I hope that you'll do the same. Thanks for the call tonight, Chris. 800-259-9231. Because we can convert people on an intellectual basis, whether they be the bureaucrats themselves or the people that are close to them or the people that are pol- you know, political in favor of the state. We can bring these people on board without lifting a finger as far as committing violence. And that's going to just alienate them. You do it through creation rather than destruction. Um, you know, the the kidnapping and uh, uh, an arrest, uh, the arrest of judges uh, by, um, you know, citizens, militia, which is essentially amounts to kidnapping in the eyes of the government, mm-hmm. major media, and, and uh, normal people, that's, that's a destructive uh, sort of thing to do. Whereas if, you know, like, like creating Free Talk Live, you created something that spreads ideas, the ideas of liberty... Uh, it's around the world, right? And it's having a positive effect. Use your energy for creation rather than destruction. Great you'll get point. a lot. Be- you'll get something better out of it. Absolutely. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Take the moral high ground and don't retaliate against the state with violence. It's free talk live. This is free talk live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll free number at. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there completely free, so do enjoy those on us. Um, by the way, those features include the bulletin board system. Get interactive with over 300,000 posts. Serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all discussed completely free at bbs.freetalklive.com. You can lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet. Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 800-259-9231. Just a little bit more uh, in regards to our last conversation we had there with Chris and lowering. As I, as I said, you're lowering yourself to the level of the government if you use retaliatory force against them. 
It just doesn't it doesn't look good from a PR perspective. It doesn't affect any change in in any positive manner because as we said uh, last week the, all it does is it puts them in defensive mode. It makes right. them it, hunker down. It'll affect down. change, but it'll all be negative. Yeah. Right. Now, yeah. maybe um, it, one, one can make the argument that after the, the, you know, more and more of these incidents occur, the negative results will get so onerous that the American public will finally see the light. I don't know. No. What they will want is protection. If if the American public finds out that judges are being arrested or killed or bureaucrats are being murdered or having poo thrown in their face, mm-hmm. uh, then the American public will want to be protected. They'll be frightened ever more so than they are today. And the government already has them living in a state of fear from, you know, fear of terrorists, fear of drug dealers, fear of uh, Mexicans. Uh, and so then, now they'll be afraid that uh, there's going to be some sort of violent overthrow of their government and they'll demand order in the streets. They'll demand that uh, the government crack down on, on whoever these uh, violent people are. And that's exactly what the government will do. They'll go full bore against you and you'll end up dead. So really, it's completely ineffective. It's ineffective in that it doesn't bring anybody on your side except more you know, gun-polishing madmen. Uh, and, and I have no, nothing against guns. I have nothing against it. I've got three of them in my house right now. So uh, so this isn't an anti-gun or an anti-self-defense rant. This is an anti-initiating violence rant. So right. It's yeah. just not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to win you converts. It's not going to, uh, to, to, to achieve more freedom because whichever bureaucrat you knock out is just going to re- get replaced by another bureaucrat, and they're going to crack down the security more. For instance, the, the story he brought up at the beginning of his call was, the, uh, the I believe it was Kentwood, Kentwood, Missouri, last week, the, uh, the guy went into the uh, city council meeting and shot to death five people. Two cops, two city councilors, and one high-level bureaucrat. Shot him in the head. And now, you have to ask yourself, how will the, the remaining city council, the two or three of them that are still alive, how will they react to this situation? Will they decide, you know what, I've had it, I've had it with this career in politics, I'm done. Well, there, there's a chance they might decide that, but that just opens up the seat for some other new uh, power monger right. to, to come right. in. But what's most likely to happen is they'll demand that more police presence be at the city council meetings. They'll demand, uh, you know, some police detail at their house to help keep them safe, uh, to make sure there's no funny business going on. They'll perhaps institute new rules which might uh, make it so people have to go through a metal detector in order to attend the city council meetings. They may have to be frisked uh, in order to attend the city council meeting. So what what may end up happening is the city council meeting may become far more uh, secure than it ever had been in the past. And so what will result is just a bigger security state, more more absurd rules, and you know, uh, I, less freedom. i, I got to say, I read a piece about, in fact, I can probably call it up shortly. Uh, I email myself uh, links on these things uh, just outside the Super Bowl. Uh, they averted a disaster at the Super Bowl because there was a guy who had applied for a liquor license, and uh, he got denied, mm. and it all had to do with the name of his bar. Really? Yeah, in Arizona, and um, he got in all sorts of, you know, fr- he got really angry, and he was going to go shoot a bunch of people outside the Super Bowl. And then he was going to take out the story. council. Yeah, this is a story, and they found and out about it. Did he turn himself in? Uh, they, I, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I think they found a note or something, like he wrote a note, and then they arrested him before, before I heard it he happened. Turned or, yeah, in. maybe maybe he did. I, I'll find it. But and, and that, you know, the guy 
was justified in being angry at the city council because sure. they denied him a license, and he expressed it very well. You've denied my kids a better life. You denied me my livelihood just because you don't like a name. Uh, but, of course, you know, this guy made a decision that he was going to take out not only the people who did this to him, but other innocent people. And even if he had only taken out the people who did it to him, I mean, would he have been a hero to, in the eyes of most people? No way. Absolutely not. Not a chance. And he, he would have been far better off had he, uh, for, in, for instance, gone through and uh, gone, engaged in civil disobedience. Yeah, just uh, open up without it. Right. Open up your bar and start serving liquor. I mean, if, you're, if you've been pushed to the point where Chris allegedly you know, would, would have us believe he is, to where he's ready to use violence on the state, if you've been pushed to that point and it's it's just your life has been turned upside down by arbitrary enforcement on the part of the state or, or worse yet targeted, maybe they're targeting you for whatever reason, they don't like you or your uh, political views, they want to fine you to death, whatever it is they're doing. Uh, in the case of the guy in Kentwood, he had gotten like 150 tickets from the city. And they were trying to collect all kinds of money from him. And so I could totally understand where he was coming from. But if you've been pushed to the brink of getting ready to kill some bureaucrats, then why wouldn't you engage in civil disobedience? I mean, you've already gotten to the point when you, to where you believe that it's over with. They yeah. find you so much, you, you can't make a living anymore. Their rules are so arbitrary and so capricious that you, you just can't stand doing business underneath these rules anymore. And you're willing to go and kill someone? Well, why not then just say, you know what, it would make more sense. I could stay alive and make a point exactly. by going and just opening my bar in violation of these rules. Yes, they're going to come probably within a few days and hand me a fine and I'm going to write a letter to the editor of the newspaper and send out a press release to the local radio and TV stations and let them know so and so isn't going to be paying his fine yeah. and I'm going to continue operating my establishment uh, without be- uh, begging these bureaucrats for permission because I should be a free a free person and free to run my business how I want to that it's gives you the opportunity it. right yeah. it gives you the opportunity to discuss the issues it gives you an opportunity to show the state for what it really is you they're can- the ones who are the bad guys they're the right. ones who are mean they're the I, ones I got, that are going to initiate the force. I got on the you. guy. This it's from out of Tempe. His name was Havelock. Kurt William Havelock, 35, turned himself in just like you said Sunday to Tempe police and the FBI at the urging of family and confessed his plan, which he hatched in retaliation for the Tempe City Council rejecting a liquor license application for a restaurant and bar that he owns. According to court records, Havelock is charged with mailing threatening communications in the mailing of eight copies of a manifesto explaining the planned massacre. Quote, I will test the theory that bullets speak louder than words. I will slay your children. I will shed the blood of the innocent, Havelock wrote. No one destroys my dream. (laughs) No one. I haven't. And then uh, someone said, I haven't read more chilling words. I've been doing this for a long time. Signed Lex Luthor? Yeah, Talk really. about misplaced anger yep. going to kill so innocent people and over what the bureaucrats did. Yeah, exactly. And and it's the he could have made such a great point if he had just done what you said, you know? Exactly. 800-259-9231. Civil disobedience is powerful. It makes a point. It brings people on your side. If you're initiating force, you're just going to alienate your friends, and you're going to end up dead at the hands of the government. So, you choose. 800-259-9231. If you're going to choose force, as I said before, I don't want you anywhere near New Hampshire. Please don't join the Free State Project. We won't want anything to do with a bunch of violence initiators. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, all the features we give away. So enjoy those on us, and if you're enjoying the show, there are a variety of ways you can help us out. One of those is to shop with us at the Free Talk Live store. We've got Free Talk Live hats, t-shirts, we've got hoodies. Also, uh, our special Free Marketeer logo appears on a T-shirt uh, as well as a flag. Uh, other items all there at the store at store.freetalklive.com. So place your order today. That's store.freetalklive.com. We uh, go here to the phone calls in a moment with Ziggy in the U.K. on the amp line. Hey, Ziggy. Hi, guys. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about something which Guy actually mentioned on his show last week. Um right Basically, the Archbishop of Canterbury suggested introducing Sharia law to run alongside English common law. Classy, huh? Uh, Wait, what is Sharia law? Sharia law is the Muslim uh, law code. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the hardcore Muslim law code where women have to keep all parts of their faces covered except for their eyes. They can't sit in public places with men unless they're their husband during the daytime. Come on, that's not going to happen in Great Britain. Stoning of rape victims, that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, he's selective, isn't he, Ziggy? Isn't he selective about things like pick and choose or something? No, no. Well, basically, Archbishop Canterbury is now backtracking as if he wasn't suggesting that. Well, it sounded like it when I heard the interview. Yeah, good, Um, good. But basically, um, you already have this in in some ways in communities. Muslims kind of do keep themselves to themselves, especially after 9-11. And basically, you know, there's, there's, you know, reports saying that gay uh, Asian now marry um, uh, even if they're gay to cover up the fact they're gay um, that women um, are forced into arranged marriages etc etc I understand that there is an anarchist point of view that communities should be allowed to have the the laws they want um, regardless however I have to admit I am very uneasy about encouraging very illiberal laws well, you know, it's an excellent... Oh, sorry, Mark. Uh, I, 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 would, I would have to agree, because suddenly, once um, I, I commit adultery, um, and, you know, I'm up for stoning, I'm not really going to want to be part of your little group that wants to stone me anymore. <laughs> but that group is going to stone me anyway. So the, the fact that I participated in the group up to that point, um, you know, doesn't really obligate me to be stoned. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't think that there's many anarchists, uh, anarcho-capitalists out there that would uh, go for that. And, and um, also, also, I've got a question for um, Mark. Mm. Um, I had an idea last week. Actually, I've, I've been um, it's been turning over in my head for a long time about getting um, company. Uh, the lefties complain about there being um, slave labour in uh, in Nike factories right. in China. Right. And also, I am a, I have to admit I am a little uneasy because I know that China um, does jail political prisoners. Right. So if that is happening. So I thought, well, why don't we get Nike or Gap to run our prisons? To run our prisons? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, essentially, things like this are being done. Um, you know, there will be state prisons that have uh, private companies that give jobs to uh, convicts. It's great for the private companies because, well, their workforce, com- you know, they have a, a low-wage workforce that comes to work every day, which is a difficult thing to find. Um, 
you know, they're, they're, they're relatively sober. Uh, convicts have a difficult, you know, it's, it's more difficult for convicts to get drugs and alcohol than it is for the, the average individual. So, you know, that's kind of happening. What bothers me about having private companies involved in that way is that, well, um, the state gets a kickback, too. And now uh, convicts are essentially a money-making uh, venture for the for the states and the federal government. But what if what if it, it, it was uh, what if, if if it did enable uh, the tax burden to be lowered? Would you be in favor? Um, I, I I wouldn't. Uh, the 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 thing that I think that we should do is that uh, convicts it, only the. People should pay back what it is that the damages they've done. Um, you know, in the case where we wish to punish them by putting them in prison, and I think that there's some room for that, um, then I think that they should pay. You know, they, they should pay a certain amount towards that. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't come up with a with a surefire system on that. I haven't spent a lot of time on it. I probably should, considering my uh, relationship to the uh, criminal justice system. Maybe you should spend some time reading the Market for Liberty. They do a fine job talking about how the marketplace can completely, uh, completely replace the government justice system, the courts, uh, as well as the jails. And the, it, it just does a brilliant job of explaining how... Uh, the, the, it's exactly what you said, Mark. The government system is set up with a perverse incentive to bring people into the system. Right. Whereas the marketplace would be, if it was a, in a restitution uh, setup, where if you're just trying to make your victims whole, if you aren't a violent madman, you won't have to be imprisoned. You can just keep... You know, stay in society, keep working, and cut your victims a check every week. That would be enough. If you're dangerous and uh, possibly going to run away, well, then yeah, they'd have to put you into a prison. But they they would try to do everything they could to keep you out of the pri- the, the prison if necessary, because that would just increase overhead, increase costs, and uh, since the prison would be bearing 100% of that, they would have uh, incentives to cut those costs instead of continue to increase them, because government will keep cutting them a check for every single person you know, they Ian get in and, there. And, and Ziggy, all all three of you guys uh, talking about this, it's such a fascinating issue, Ziggy, because I, as as Ian brings up, uh, it, under the government, the state paradigm, coming up with ways to try to reduce the costs of the prison system, uh, you can be very inventive. Maybe you could bring in some private companies, that sort of thing. Unfortunately, you have these secondary. Uh, unintended consequences of, for example, giving one uh, giving an advantage to one business over other businesses because they're getting cheap labor, uh, and then perhaps giving the state an incentive to bring in more people to work in this sort of a system, like drug and, users. Yeah, all sorts yeah. of things, and then I, even getting I, them. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I have to say, I, um, there's this very nutty, stupid thing which happens here, where um, basically they jail people who don't pay their television license. Oh, are um, you kidding me? The yeah, one where I'm you not. have to pay to have TV? Yeah, I've, I've got about this. It's the way the BBC is funded. We all have to pay Absolutely. if you have a television. Yeah, you have to pay. And, and if, if you, you don't, don't pay... You, yeah, what's you that? Can, you can't do time in prison. What, yeah. Now, wait a minute. What if you don't want to watch TV? What if you just want to watch a DVD? You still have to pay the TV tax? Uh, Yeah. That's sick, man. Yeah. And I, it's, it's, it's completely ridiculous. I mean, How do they find a... out that you buy a TV? Do they have to have you... Do they fill out papers? They, when have, you buy... they have detective vans going around. <laughs> I, I am not joking. I, I am serious. Well, well yeah, Ziggy. Ziggy's only got a why, V for Vendetta. That's why you mentioned uh, the the Sunmakers from Doctor Who, because the names of the hallways in the Sunmakers were the names of the tax forms, and one of them was that TV tax form. Yeah, it's 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 
ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, I don't have a problem with, you know, the BBC being a mutual corporation. I don't have a problem with that. I just think it should be voluntary. You should be able to subscribe. Absolutely. You know what? Here in America, they have these uh, public broadcasting stations. Ziggy and as always, thank you for the call. But they have these PBS stations here in America that many of them these days get the bulk of their funding from their members, and a very small percentage comes from taxpayers. So it wouldn't be hard for them to just axe the taxpayer and money and make up the rest from their and voluntary they've had very members. successful shows like Sesame Street, which has just been greatly successful with merchandise and movies and theme parks and cruise lines. But they don't want to let that go because it's money, and you know it yeah. seems like free money Blues, to them. Clues, so. uh, it's just uh, it's incredible. It's a similar thing. Uh, you know that we can't possibly stop this because that means that the country doesn't care. What? You know, uh, I just wanted to mention. You know, Ziggy brought up that Sharia law thing over in England. And and then you guys get into that fascinating conversation about about the prisons and, and you know some some way to privatize in some fashion to lower costs on the taxpayers and and Mark I think just answered it so astutely. What I am fascinated with is the um, the Sharia law thing over in England is a great example where uh, as Ziggy said you know I'm all in favor of the local communities making their own decisions about things. That was one of the things that uh, James Madison. Uh, when the founding fathers were were putting together the Constitution, which I uh, I don't subscribe to the Constitution per se, I don't think that what they signed on is necessarily something that forces me to have to abide by it. Couldn't. I wasn't a party to those negotiations, and I wouldn't want to force rules anybody in the else. Con- well, there aren't rules in the Constitution for you to follow anyway. No, exactly, and and so. Um, uh, and and uh, there's a whole number, another line of reasoning about that regarding Arist- Aristotelian uh, negative reciprocity and so on. But um, the idea of the towns controlling their own uh, their own legal systems and Sharia law being involved with it, uh, this is the case where you know have private institutions do this sort of thing. And whatever those people want to decide, that's fine. As long I'm as everyone's consenting, sure. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Your call's coming up. Uh, this is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. Again, that's SACL CAI. We continue with your phone calls. It is Don on the line, or excuse me, Dan in Merrimack, New Hampshire. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Thanks, guys. Hey, uh, Guard. Good to, good to talk to you. And Thank you, Ian Dan. and Mark. Yes, Thank Dan. Thank you all. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, your wonderful efforts. Uh, listen, I was just perusing this article about the mayor of Toledo, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Has, has any of you caught up with this? Yeah, I mean, we talked almost... about Toledo a little while ago. We talked about it on Saturday's show, as a matter of fact. Yeah. The mayor of Toledo, uh, it, it, and we've mentioned that uh, it's very rare we'll talk about politicians, and even more rare that we'll praise one. But the, in this particular case, he did the right thing. Uh, the Marines were planning on coming to Toledo to do what they call urban warfare training, 
where they get all dressed up in their fatigues and they tote around machine guns and they shout orders and they bark uh, things and they uh, drive around their little vehicles and they shoot their guns. They shoot blanks and they usually do this in residential areas. They do this in business districts. They uh, do this in full view of the population and he rightly pointed out that this scares people and he didn't want that kind of behavior going on in his city. So yes, we are very aware of the situation. Well, I was just, I mean, there, the comments uh, on this article, uh, on the cha- uh, there, what is it, C, uh, NBC24.com mm-hmm. website, uh, you know, I, I found it on what really happened, what really happened.com and, and uh, you know, went over to it. I almost didn't go over. I thought maybe it was something about Marines busted up at bar or something like that, and they mm-hmm. kicked him out or whatever. But but I looked a little closer and I saw, oh, well, this is more interesting. And so then I started reading. And there's there, I don't know, there must be hundreds of comments. I, I've gotten through about a third of them, maybe, and I think they're growing. I, I, I keep, I think my thing's moving up mm-hmm. uh, the the sidebar. <laughs> I had heard I had heard that the comments were three to one against the mayor. That uh, oh man, it's like it's disgusting. And and I'm reading them and I'm trying to find a dialogue going on between the two groups. I mean, the, the, the people who are for the mayor, are all you know, on, on target, constitution, uh, you know, you know, the military, industrial complex, and uh, you know. Fascism that's taken over the land, right? And 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 these uh, this other group, they just they they. I I'm sorry, I don't like to. <laughs> sorry, I got a nasty cough. Sorry to hear that. I don't like to call people, you know, ignorant or stupid or whatever. But these people that they don't address any of the. Uh, you know the comments that are backing the mayor. They they just you know you you just can't believe what they're writing about. They just shoot guys. off about how great the military is, and this guy is uh, rude and outrageous for re- for rejecting the military, and yeah. uh, we should all worship the military. That those are the sorts of the mentality you're talking about, right? It, yeah. Whatever the military I, you know, does is is correct. Uh, the military is right. Everything they do, that sort of thing. I mean, and these are people on the web, you know what I mean? These are supposed to be some more techie people or no, something. I don't, I don't think you can make any uh, generalizations so. about anyone on the Internet. Cause well, I guess not Pretty anymore. much everybody's on there at this point. Uh, it's, a, it's a great subject to bring up. And, you guys, I haven't spoken about it on my program. And I think, you know, Dan, Dan calls in my show sometimes. And thank you, Dan, for being a, a good guy like that. I really appreciate it. And, uh, Dan, imagine the That'd response that I might get from our audience, which is quite different I think from from the audience that you guys have here, you, you're so much freer to be able to talk about these things more directly without getting people flipped off at you. You know, it's, it's sometimes well, people would be flipped off more uh, if we talked about it Saturday night, which is one of the reasons yeah, I brought it up true. Saturday night because yeah. we have more average Americans listening, mm. and and it's okay to call people ignorant. It's when you call them stupid that it's insulting. Unfortunately. <laughs> Because, People don't know the difference nowadays. Well, you're probably right about that. And, Dan, thank you for the call tonight. I hope you feel better, sir. 800-259-9231. Because I'll admit to being ignorant about a variety of things. I yeah. mean, I can't even change the oil in my 
my car. I'm so ignorant when it comes to uh, to automotive repair. I am very ignorant when it comes to a variety of different things in life. But you know, when it comes to liberty, I'm relatively well informed. Yeah, uh, I think so. So uh, many of these people are they're they're going on this um, nationalistic mentality that has been inculcated in them from from day one. Uh, when they when you go to government school, you're taught to worship government. You're you're told that the military's there to help keep us safe. Uh, when in fact the military's really only there to protect the government. They're not there to keep you safe. That's just a again. That's just the PR. Uh, and so they've been lied to, and they, you know they've been told that uh, America is all about apple pie, mom and dad, and the military. You know, this is the me- the message that so many people get. Of course, a lot of them are raised in military families, which certainly doesn't help the situation either. Uh, but it's really just mass ignorance when it comes to the military in, the, in this country. I mean, most Americans would be shocked if they found out that in the Constitution it says that the Army is not even supposed to be around except when it's called, and even then only for two years at the most. Yeah. That would shock them. You know, um, the people that it, it's when you talk about military families, um, it would be the people that are yay pro military that would stay in the military, and the people that say, um, you know, I'm I'm sick of this and to get out. Right. They don't talk to their kids nearly as much about um, their experiences as the people that are in. They, the, in in the military, the people in the military, they live it and breathe it every single day. My uncle, who uh, was in the Air Force, said, I think it was four years. Um, he was just in for four years. He said that it it almost ruined him for the uh, the free market. Mm. You know. Essentially, in the marketplace, it almost it, it you know it made him lazy and incentivized not working and and all kinds of uh, things like that. And he so he has some bad things to say about the military, but I'm sure he hasn't talked to his kids about that nearly as much as somebody who is in the military and experiencing it every day. You know, comparatively, do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the person right. who's in the military has the uh, the reason to talk about, or the person that loves the military has has all the reasons in the world to talk it up and it, talk it, about how great it was for his life. And isn't it difficult? Uh, it, it's so frustrating when uh, if you're in a public arena or you're talking to people who don't understand, maybe they're ignorant about things. If you do talk about posse comitatus or what the founding fathers said about standing armies or the fact that the War Powers Act is utterly patently unconstitutional. Uh, they sit there and say, well, what are you, not patriotic? I said, no, actually, <laughs> actually, I'm more patriotic than you are because I actually understand what this nation is about. And I'm not trying to say it because I'm you know, trying to bolster myself or pat myself on the back. But patriotism, to me, connotes an understanding of what the people who created the country meant when right, they created right. it. The founding and concepts. These people exactly. claim to be patriotic while, while they haven't read the Constitution. They're not. They're nationalists. They're not patriots. There's a huge and difference Exactly. There. And I would say that in most cases, philosophically, I would go further than what the Founding Fathers wanted because I don't think they went in line with free markets enough. I don't think I think the Articles of Confederation were a, a better set of documents than that was. And, you know, we were talking a little bit uh, before about the Founding Fathers uh, and local areas of control. One of the things that I think James Madison realized he made a mistake on later was he was worried that the local communities would be stepping on people's individual liberties. So he wanted a stronger central government and he wanted protection against local tyranny, which is one of the reasons he pushed for uh, for the Constitution. Then once they wrote it, he realized, ah, oh, gee, you know, the central government could be pretty bad news, so we better have a Bill of Rights. Well, you know, look where it got them. Unfortunately, you get those mechanisms in place, even the U.S. Constitution. You give the power to somebody to be able to hit somebody through government, and it's just going to grow and grow. You know, so far, uh, we talked recently uh, quite a bit on the show about secession uh, a few weeks ago. And I'm thinking that as we continue the discussion about secession on the air and and both off the air, and as you, uh, listeners, continue talking about uh, secession with your friends or family members, that the more 
conservative law and order types, the nationalistic uh, individuals, the people that we're talking about here, the, this pro-military, uh, military is all mentality. I'm betting you that's going to be their number one objection to secession, the idea that, oh, we will no longer be protected by the magnanimous United States military anymore, and then we'll <laughs> be inv- you know, open to invasion, and, and what will happen then? They'll be frightened of secession because they won't have the military around this uh, security blanket, essentially, that helps them feel uh, warm and cozy at night. It's amazing. It's amazing how people can be misled into thinking that by giving up their freedom, they're getting some sort of protection. You know, it's uh, and and you know, we were looking at it here uh, just a little while ago, talking about how in the United States uh, we're we're getting closer and closer to that totalitarian state, and I don't even think we see it. You know, I mentioned to you guys when when uh, Nadia from Siberia was here, she noticed all these things that we have laid on us like layers of tarnish on silver that we can't do, and we think we're in a free country. Well, she was saying that she could do many of the things in Siberia that we can't do here. Because they're they're unorganized, and they haven't accrued all these goofy laws that we have for politically correct reasons. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Hour 3 coming up. It's Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching an hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. As we continue here with your phone calls, Sander in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, what's on your mind, Sander? All right. Uh, I have a friend who's very distraught right now because she has a friend who went to a party and kissed a girl and they got along and she took her home because she was drunk, and now he's in jail. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up a, for a moment. I, you lost me. You have a friend whose girlfriend there, 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 went to a party, and she kissed a girl there? Or? No, it's a... No, I have, I have a friend who has a friend. So, a friend who uh, has a friend. Went, who, wait, wait. Yes. The friend? The, his friend is a girl. A friend her mine, friend is a yeah. guy. Okay, oh, yeah. so, One more time. Right. Went to a, okay. okay, this guy went to a party and kissed a girl and Got dropped it. her off at home, and now he's in jail because... Uh, apparently, she was. She's actually fourteen, Ooh. and and yes, she was at this party with so that was all like mid twenty people, mm-hmm. and she was drunk. So of course, you would assume that they were of the age. But they did, he didn't even have sex with her. He, they they made out of it, and he dropped her off. And basically, her parents threw the book at him. How's that exactly? Were they claiming he had sex with her? Basically, now she's claiming that he has sex, but but the main but the main thing that they think they really got him on is basically a, even if he kissed her, that's considered child molestation, even though she was at this party. Seriously? Okay. Yeah. Wow. So teenagers cannot even consent to kiss their partner? Apparently. <laughs> Wait, this is in uh, Illinois. No, no, this is actually in Georgia. Georgia. Okay, so what's the age difference between these? Yeah, how old now, is he? 25, 26. And how old is she? Apparently 14. Now, she she must look old for her age, but I'll, I'll take their word for it. But they're, t- they're not... 
the keeping this out of the press, obviously, for the protection of the victim kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so, so he's being uh, charged with molestation? Molestation and and now rape, apparently. And, rape? And she actually, actually, she does have a, cr- cr- uh, a criminal like record as far as like having you know problems with the cops. And, like, mm. you know, she like has that. one or he has one? She does. She does. And and the crazy thing is is like this guy, his parents have like they've sold their home. He that and he sold his just to afford a lawyer. Oh, no, so wow. that he can actually have a chance of getting out of this. And like he's looking at like worst case situation, he's looking at like twenty five, thirty years. Yeah. Hey, but but you know it's very important that we have a one size fits all justice system to make sure that these guys get put behind <laughs> bars where they belong. Yeah. Oh wow! Oh, what wow, a mess. Um, that's just tragic, and it's just unfortunately it's not an original story. I mean, there are lots of stories that are very similar involving young people uh, getting mixed up with an underage girl. Uh, I suppose it happens the other way around, but I don't. You never see the stories. Yeah, I, I just never put myself in those situations unless I have a third party there. You never ever do that um, because you, you know even if you're being a good Samaritan, what what's the answer for something like that? For a well, guy the answer, like that? the best thing you can do is. Um, Check the ID. The thing you can well to avoid it, I suppose you can do things like that. But the best thing you can, he can do in this instance is definitely don't cop to this. Um, don't take a plea, and uh, I'd uh, you know I'd go after him for defamation or something afterwards. And once he wins, yeah. if he wins, because it's her word against his. And thank goodness she's got a record because that will make her less credible. Because if it was just an innocent little girl versus yeah, him, then he would be screwed down the river. Yeah. No pun intended. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm 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 gonna keep up and see what happens. But I said you know until, you know until the press or something. But even though they're gonna they're gonna side with her, I'm sure. Well, uh, it wouldn't hurt to go to him. Yeah, it sure. It's because sure I know they're keeping uh, the, the girl's name out of uh, out of the the sure. you know the press. The 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 police are, but that's no reason that he he can't. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. He's got no prohibition against mentioning her name, right? Right. Right. Yeah, I'd go to the press because the more press it gets, the more attention it gets, the uh, the more careful the government will have to be with its decision. If they know people are watching, they'll be a little bit more, oh, I don't know, political with their decision versus just possibly throwing the book at him. It, right. it, it wouldn't hurt, and I completely agree with that recommendation. Yeah, so I just wanted to get it, you know, just, I don't know, get it out there, I guess, just because it's absurd, and I'm sure there's a lot of this stuff happening and yeah, really i hope it is. all turns out for the better hey will you let us know uh, as you uh, learn more yeah, absolutely thanks for the call absolutely. tonight if dude. anything if i find out all right appreciate it man 800-259-9231 yet another tragic situation uh where the these laws that were put in place allegedly to protect young people you know people under the age of uh, x it's 16 in some states 18 in others uh, but people under a certain age to allegedly protect them from being victimized ends up being used to victimize people who, in this case, had absolutely no sexual contact whatsoever uh, with the so-called victim. It can be used by a vindictive young lady or young male uh, to hold to lord over someone they don't like. I mean, they could accuse you if they wanted to, Mark. Some little girl could accuse you of uh, molesting her if she wanted to, and she wouldn't really have to prove much, they, apparently. They, they apparently don't need much, um, and, you know... <laughs> I guess you have to. They have to have uh, place you at the scene of the crime and all that other stuff. But you know, it's it's a he said, she said situation here, and essentially, um, the victim is you know they get the uh, the state mechanism on their side 
their whole case is uh, run through for free, the defendant has to pay or you know go right. with a you know a, a, a state pretender and uh, a public de- pretender <laughs> and uh, you know the, you're just you're really putting your life in the, the hands of uh, you know God knows what at that point if you're if you're poor you're in big big trouble. Wow, you know it reminds me of a story. You know I'm a big fan of Red Dwarf over in England and Craig Charles, one of the lead actors on Red Dwarf a number of years ago, he was in prison well in jail for almost a year because uh, someone woman accused him of rape. And only after month after month after month did she finally come out and say, oh, oh you know, I made it up. And it, the the and he said, I've never met this lady. It, it was just ridiculous, unbelievable stuff, you know. And, of course, you know, his name is ruined and things like that. There are other other circumstances in, him, in his life that are that are sort of tricky, and, 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 and hopefully everything is, is okay for him. But uh, that is uh, that's some terrible stuff. And uh, as a guy... I don't know how it is for women on the other side of it being worried about being alone with a guy, but as a guy, you just got to hope that if you're doing something nice for a girl, she's a straight-up person, and if you're dropping her off because she's drunk or she's got an argument with a friend or whatever, that uh, you're not going to be facing some problem down the line. It's bizarre. It's got to be. It's really frustrating when when we hear about these cases, and... If someone's actually gotten hurt, if there was a, a real rape that happened, regardless of the age of the, the victim, if it's real rape, then there's it's some, sure. There's some evidence. Right. Well, it needs to be prosecuted in that case as a, as a real rape. But statutory rape is not rape. It's not force. Mm. It's not, uh, you know, it's not molestation. It's not, uh, it's just a law that says that you've committed rape if you have sex with somebody under a certain age. And it, it grants this power to these young people who can use that and can abuse it against someone they don't like. If they decide they don't like you for whatever reason, then they can just claim that they've had that uh, they've had sex with you and your whole life will be turned upside down. And so you're right, Mark. Probably the best thing to do is just stay away from young-looking females, right, at that point. I mean, wasn't it, wasn't it Rob know. Lowe who ran into something at a DNC thing years ago where he uh, got caught... Uh, in compromising circumstances with some girl on videotape, turned yes. out that she was 17 rather than 18, yeah, but she had, had an ago, ID right? and was fake or something. And yeah, yeah. So he was safe, but uh, you know, embarrassed, terribly embarrassed by the whole thing. Why was he safe? Uh, because apparently uh, the ID that she had, she was inside some club or something, and she wouldn't have been able to been in the to have been in the club if she had not had a fake ID. Well, so that, his that's assumption just, was okay. That's just this, uh, the the pr- more proof that uh, celebrities and the rich get uh, preferential treatment over yeah, people that has like you and I. Because great point. It, you know, there's yeah. plenty of people out there that have uh, you know, seen IDs or profess to see IDs and that kind of thing, and up, up the river they went. Wow. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Of course, admonishing people to stay away from uh, young-looking females is just <laughs> all you can do is say it. Uh, many men are, of course, not going to heed that advice, and they're going to continue on doing what they're doing, uh, and they're going to get into these situations. Oh, by the way, uh, talking about young, young-looking females, guess how much it costs for the uh, state government police force to escort Britney Spears to the hospital? Too much. $24,000. Amazing. 1-800-259-9231. Bring up anything. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. 
It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, by the way, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you. Freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use the code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. We continue here with your phone calls. We go to Australia. Luke is on the line on the amp line. Hey, Luke. Hey guys. Hey. Um, like Mark, I've got an imminent birth happening soon too, so congratulations, Mark. And I've Thanks. got a question you. for you. I hear a lot of you Americans banging on about the uh, uppercase and capitalization and incorporation of people, and I wondered if you've considered, Mark, insisting on your child having their name in lowercase on their birth certificate, assuming you're going to have a birth certificate. Uh, I, I, I really don't know, um, you know how one would get, you know, go about not having a birth certificate. Um, you at home birth, right? We're not going to. Right, but if you home birth, <laughs> then that would do it, wouldn't it? Um, I suppose. I mean, it just seems like a really bad idea for me, you know, standing there. Uh, you want me to get you a towel, honey? I, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you want an aspirin? I, you know, no, that seems like a really bad idea. We're going to go to a birthing center. We're not going to go to a hospital. But um, I, I hadn't really even – no, I don't really believe any of that uppercase, lower, um, lowercase stuff. It, it doesn't Can we recap mean, what that is? Please do. For those that uh, don't know. Uh, do you want to go ahead and recap that, Luke, for our listeners? Yeah, yeah. Basically, I've tried to explain this to a few Australians, but essentially it goes that if the uh, child is born and the government needs to somehow deal with that child, they incorporate it at birth, on their birth certificate by putting their name in fully uppercase. And you'll notice on your financial documents, your name appears in uppercase, and most dealings with government, driver's license, etc., are all in uppercase. And it's said that most libertarians think that that... Is it perhaps at which the point in which you're incorporated? So perhaps by I, I don't know if most libertarians think that. I think that's a well, sort many, of a fringe many. patriot uh, conspiracy theory. Yeah, p- perhaps. But I think it's uh, important that a few libertarians actually see what happens by insisting on using lowercase and see if the go- what the actual government says. I'm thinking about doing that here, and I've actually had legal opinion, and it is an opinion, not an advice from a few different people, and they actually say well, you might be onto something. So. Um, it's something worth considering, and I just wanted to know whether Mark or any of the other listeners have actually tried this or considered trying this. I don't think they'll let the you do it. I, I don't think they'll let you do it, um, do, but I also think that from the legal perspective, as I understand the conspiracy theory, uh, the idea is that the certificate itself is the receipt or whatever for the creation of the corporation that you're talking about. So whether or not it's in capital letters or not, I don't think would matter at that point. As long as you have the birth certificate, that allegedly means that they've created a corporation in your name. Well, that's going to be an interesting thing to find out. And I'm a bit sick and tired of hearing people speculate and never actually bother to try it. It's always like when you guys talk to somebody that knows not how to do something and you ask them, do you have an Internet connection? Oh, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) So... This is our time to put a speculation to the end and perhaps get a few libertarians or like-minded people at least give it a go and see what they say. I'm with I mean, you on that. Luke, let us know what happens, all right? I will do. When's the baby due? We'll uh, in about three months. So I've got a bit of time to plan for this, and I think I've got a few other more important things I'm worrying about, the fonts or the uppercase, lowercase. Very good. Well, we look forward to hearing from you at that time, Luke. About. Thanks for your call tonight. 
800-259-9231. I don't know if it if there's anything to it, but it certainly is suspicious, isn't it? I mean, why do they use all uppercase on every single form, uh, on every single document that do they, they think send it's you? easier to read or somehow easier to manage? It's never really been answered in any real significant way. Uh, there have been some suggestions that it, you know, back in the old days that they only had typeface in all capital letters, and so that's the only thing they could do. But now we know that they don't do, uh, they're not using the old methods to print their documents. So why is it they don't do it now? Is it just tradition? Or is there something to it? Is there something in the legal world to the idea that if you're referring to someone with all capital letters, that you're not actually referring to the individual, that you're referring to some legal fiction that was created to represent them? It's a fascinating little theory. I don't know if it really has any relevance to... uh, to advancing liberty, but it's certainly something, I don't know, play with it, see what happens. Maybe wow. you can get an answer out of these bureaucrats. Hmm. It's very bizarre. Yeah. Uh, so 1-800-259-9231. The, the, the theory continues. I don't know. Have you ever had anybody call about this on your no, show? No, never, never uh, only here. And uh, it's, it's a fascinating concept. If there were something to it, it would be great to try to investigate it more. I think uh, I tend to go along with your line of thinking. If you've got the paperwork and it's done, they got you. Well, so right. don't get the paperwork. Well, yeah, don't but get the paperwork. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, <laughs> we're in a world where what, you don't what, have what's that. What's the kid going to do? Dig in the ground with a stick and uh, for a living? I, you know, I mean, how right. how is he going to operate? You know as well as I do that you essentially need those pieces of paper to to uh, to get about normally in today's society. We've I've certainly had people email me and say that they managed to do without these kind of things. You but know what I would do if I were it's you? Got, it's it's got to be an incredible time waster. Well, I, I know that uh, someone that you're pretty close to now, Mark, has a a, a child that was that was born outside of the system. Nope. Uh, no, he wasn't. Uh, unfortunately, he was. Uh, if if we're talking about the same person, and I, I don't, don't want to name names. Me either. Um, he was a, 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 an overzealous nurse at the hospital. Oh my Decided gosh. to uh, file for a social security number oh. and said, "Oh well, we'll rescind it for you if you'd like." As though the government's ever rescinded yeah. a social security number. Well, isn't okay, it bizarre? Never mind that. Isn't it weird so you can how ask him. we're all in this world where you know it, it, it's as if you're in the system or outside the system, as if this system has any legitimacy for you know all these people outside of of the audience of this program. You know, we sit here and we're talking about this, and you know, when I was a little kid, if I had heard this sort of discussion, if I was ten years old, I'd be like, "Well, that's weird. That makes me kind of nervous. That's kind of strange." Um, not getting a birth certificate. Well, what the heck do you need a birth certificate for, really? <laughs> in in a you know free world, somehow they you know George Washington didn't have yeah. one. Yeah, I mean into, you need a up. piece of paper to say you were born. Um, mm. thanks. I sort of assumed that. Um, standing here trying to get a job. <laughs> here uh, I am. I can do this with the hands that were born, and I don't need my piece of paper. It's just bizarre. Uh, you know the people, the stuff that people uh, accept that they have to have. In order to somehow survive, the the weird, it's almost ritualistic in a way. It's mm-hmm. almost like some weird religion that we have. Well, essentially, you need them. Uh, I, if, from what I can uh, figure, you essentially need them for uh, income tax and for uh, immigration purposes. That's the reason the government needs these kind of things. They need to know where you were born mm-hmm. so that you can't sneak in. God knows we couldn't have somebody oh, who was no. born can't on that. that side of a line moving in here without properly filling out all the paperwork and doing all the stuff. Mm -hmm. And we can't have people, you know, milling about and uh, untaxed and all that. Um, Oh, and that that reminds me, something that we discussed off the air, I just wanted to mention real quick, that that piece that I found 
um, in addition to the government breaking in and the airports uh, into your data and things like that, there's there's another story. I don't, I don't know if we'll get to it or not, but there's a story about the federal government requiring Europeans. But yeah, we did talk about this, right? Uh, just you and I off the air, I think, uh, requiring Europeans from the EU to have to give them data days beforehand if they want to come to the United States, and they're going to have to have. Uh, you get pr- of, approval in advance, yeah, right? and you have to get and and they're going to have to the EU nations are going to have to give up all sorts of electronic information for people just flying over the United States, not even coming to the United States. The uh, the rulemaking never stops. I mean, what, they, they never stop throwing new regulations and, and rules know, on us. If they put those rules in place for people coming into the country, that you know, a couple of days to check on you and all that kind of right. stuff, it's not too long before they do it to us because they have to check on us too. It could be terrorists inside the uh, the nation. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Mark has managed to secure for us a big advertiser for Valentine's Day. It's the Vermont Teddy Bear Company. We'd like to keep them on board for next year, but in order to do that, we need to sell some bears. Good thing they start at just $49 at VermontTeddyBear.com. Show her you know her with a personalized teddy bear from VermontTeddyBear.com. Don't forget to tell them you heard about it on Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Features for free. Uh, Enjoy the program and enjoy the website. We give it all away, and if you want to keep in the loop as to what's going on with Free Talk Live, just go get signed up for our updates at updates.freetalklive.com. It will cost you nothing. Uh, just give us your email. It won't, we won't sell it. It won't be spammed. Uh, you'll just get the latest on the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. You can get movies, lingerie, or marital aids at adameve.com. In fact, there's a special offer for uh, Free Talk Live listeners. You go to adameve.com slash talk, and you can get 50% off of one item, plus uh, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off, adameve.com slash talk. We continue here with your phone calls. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Dennis in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Dennis in New Hampshire, going once. Dennis in New Hampshire, going twice. Howdy, guys. Hey, Howdy. Dennis. There he is. Hey. Hey, you guys were talking about sex offended stuff. Yeah, the uh, sad story earlier about a young man, or I guess man in his uh, his 20s, that ended up kissing a uh, teenage girl, and she ended up accusing him of rape, uh, even though it never happened. And, of course, it's going to be his word against hers, and it's just outrageous that these things can happen with the uh, the government's absurd laws, uh, statutory rape, and, and so forth. It looks like there's a couple of bills coming down the pike in New Hampshire that'll that'll help with that situation at least a little bit. One is basically sure to pass, um, says that if you are just caught urinating or defecating, it's always fun to see those on the official um, <laughs> documentation, uh, then it's not a sex crime. Oh, that's Although, good. Yeah, that's nice. But Because in many places, and I guess right now in New Hampshire, until this law passes, if you uh, pee behind a bush and a cop sees it, you get busted. Uh, you're going to have a sex offense listed on the rest of uh, you know, for right. your... And that's not sexual. Oh, what they need is a, a scatological offense website. Right. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, that would uh, it would follow you to the day you die, basically, and you'd have to register whenever you move and do all the things that so-called sex offenders have to do. And all you had to do was re- all you did was relieve yourself. Dennis, how many excretory crimes are there on the books in New Hampshire? <laughs> I'll have to get back to you on that one, Mark. <laughs> I just these things are so silly. What these 
politicians busy themselves with. Hey, by the way, did you guys hear the story about this Massachusetts convicted sex crime guy uh, now out of jail, just won $10 million in the Massachusetts lottery? I did not hear that. <laughs> Great. Classy. They don't keep the guy in jail. Now he's out and he's a $10 million winner. Through a state run that would um, that would help sort of the situation with people who are just a few years apart. I think it would widen the gap to three years or four years or something like that. So if it was consensual on both sides, it's yeah. statutory rape, but I, it's not a... I heard about that, Dennis. Hold on, I wait, like wait, that wait, idea. Wait, tell, tell it to me again, Dennis. I, I don't have the details right in front of me. I was too busy looking at urination and defecation. But <laughs> uh, it's something like, well, it does reject the federal Adam Walsh Act, which kind of tries to standardize all these things among the mm-hmm. states and is kind of extremely draconian. Surprise. So... Although the New Hampshire bill in some ways is worse. Anyways, that's probably going to die, I think. But it's a nice try. But I really wanted to ask Guard a constitutional question. Okay. Put you on the spot. Okay. So, so Guard. Yo. I, I, I try to figure out what it means to be able to do a redress of grievances formally to my government. And I'm not sure exactly what I come out with, but what do you come out with? For redress of grievances? Yes. On the federal level, basically nothing. And on the state level, basically nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, redress of grievance, as, as you know, Dan, it's has been really involved with that, with the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. And uh, what is supposed to happen in the state of New Hampshire is, in most cases, as, as strange as it seems, the New Hampshire Supreme Court is not supposed to be the appellate body for uh, problems with the state. If individuals have problems with the state, they're not supposed to go to the Supreme Court. So who are you supposed to go to? Yeah, the Supreme Court is supposed to be an appellate body for for person-on-person conflict. You're supposed to come up with a a request for a redress of grievances from the state legislature, and the state legislature is supposed to respond through legislation. That's that's the impression that I get. It's very archaic, very old, uh, old style New Hampshire. So legalese. the idea would be what you'd have to go to your state representative and give him this redress of grievances, right, and, and he's he supposed to bring it the up. Bill, and, and then yeah, exactly. And, uh, well, it, and it doesn't necessarily mean legislation. And so this is you know, that's a good point. Yeah, sorry, Dennis. Go ahead. Can replace the. Um, the, the what do you call it? the legislative you know the judges basically yeah yeah that's an excellent point the the expert to turn to on that I'll I'll have to ask Dan it's a state rep here uh, about that and find out more about it because it's a fascinating thing and he's been doing a lot of reading over the past three years or so into the New Hampshire Constitution and when you sit down with him you got to be prepared for some really long and 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 detailed uh, exp- exposition from him well okay but but I'm I'm still a little confused and maybe a little lost here what is supposed to happen if you let's say you have a problem with uh, oh I don't know some asinine law, you write up some sort of uh, submission to mm. your representative. What happens at that point? I guess what? it would pertain to whether or not, and Dennis, uh, you feel free to chime in, buddy. Um, it, it would pertain to whether or not you uh, felt like you should get restitution from the state, or the state needed to change a law, or something like that. Whatever the criteria, I guess you could ask for that in your redress of grievances. What do you what do you see with that, Dennis? Well, the way I see it, the legislature could do anything that is within its constitutional power to right the wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and makes sense. in a way, this is laying some foundation that if the judicial had any feeling of threat from the legislature, they would poke their nose in right at the start of something like this. Mm. But this is something that could pass now as being some weird, archaic, pat them on the head thing. And if a bunch of real freedom radicals ever took the House... It could be like a, a, a stealth bomb. Well, something. I, wait, I, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean by that? 
a stealth well, just bomb. That it would, you know, I, I could imagine a small committee doing things like removing judges because they, you know, basically declaring a mistrial. So they can do that? The, the New Hampshire state legislature can just remove a judge? Well, they certainly can. Uh, there's there's uh, something called a bill of address, which the legislature can do. It's like impeachment, essentially. And, in fact, the governor can initiate a bill of address as well. But don't uh, you need the, the whole – I mean, you'd need the whole um, place voting for that, right? You can't it's just majority, have five people. It's a majority vote for a bill of address. Yeah. Um, well, it could be handled the same way that any other bill does. Mm-hmm. Which you know it goes on the floor and a bunch of them come and go and it'd be very interesting. The yeah, little that's committee a... that suggests this particular judge should go and what's everyone going to say? No, keep the judge. They might. Well, you know, well, yeah, uh, the people love judges. What we need, the... what law we need... and order, Dennis. Well, if the committee is established to find the bad ones and they find some bad ones, then they're doing their job. It's it could work. Dennis, I was I was posing a question to someone recently. In fact, it was my mother. I was talking about this because having grown up in New Hampshire and seen it off and on, uh, having come back from my times doing script writing and so on, um, I've seen how New Hampshire has changed, and I love the positive change of having all the free staters here. Uh, but one of the things I noticed is New Hampshire is often seen as uh, uh, deserving praise, as seeing, as seeing it as a laudatory thing, that New Hampshire has such a huge citizen legislature, over 400 members, and I said that's a that's a great thing if the majority of those members are freedom loving people. But when you have a, a legislature that gets together every year and you have 400 plus members and every one of them has a bill that they want to pass and the majority of them are socialists, watch out because the news. state is going to change really fast. Yeah, that's true. Dennis, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I think one of the reasons, and if you go to freestateproject.org, it's one of the reasons we're talking about New Hampshire is that's where we live, and there's some interesting things going on here with all these liberty-loving activists like Dennis and, okay. and us moving in here uh, into the state. Gardner, you're a native pretty much. Mm. Uh, but, but if you go and you, um, you take a look at uh, the, you know, I lost where I was going with that. New Hampshire state legislature. Oh, right, the yeah. uh, the small districts, the biggest citizen legislature. It's the third largest in the world, as a matter of fact, as I understand it. Behind the, the U.S. House and uh, the German something or other. Really? Is uh, it behind the U.S. House? Okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, I, I didn't, 35. Yeah, I don't I thought it had to do with the amount of people they're representing. But anyway, uh, the, the reason they bring that up is because it's easy to get in there, because you don't have a huge district that you're working with. So that's one of the reasons why it's uh, allegedly one of the reasons why people should consider moving here if they want to get involved in the political process because there are so many seats in a relatively small state with low population, you're only dealing with maybe a few hundred to a, a few thousand people per district. We need more people to mm-hmm. get here. It would be so great. So only the US Congress and British parliaments are larger. So it's a lot easier for people to get involved and certainly a lot easier than winning a US congressional seat. Uh, so that's the real benefit. Excellent. More on the way you can take control even in these remaining moments it is free talk live this is free talk live only moments remain but just enough time for your call maybe 800-259-9231 if you want to give it a try it's ian here with you and guard and mark uh, that is the sacl cai toll free line by the way 800-259-9231 join us on our website at freetalklive.com if you like the show and you want to help support free talk live then become an amplifier just go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up for as little as three bucks a month 
And what do we do with the money? Well, we take it and we turn it right back around and reinvest it in the show and get more radio stations on board with Free Talk Live, thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So get on board and AMP. You'll get perks, too, like the AMP-only call-in line, AMP-only chat room and forum. All the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com. We're trying to get Gardner Goldsmith into the chat room here, uh, but we're having some difficulty. <laughs> yeah, Gardner so broke the Internet. He did, I, I know. I messed the whole system up. We better call Al Gore. And so, it's just because you know that I need to talk to the ladies. You know well, how it is. Yeah, yeah. Like there's any ladies in our chat room. There tonight. actually are some ladies. I don't know if they're there tonight, but uh, let's see. Are there any ladies in the chat room tonight? No, Seems unlikely. who knows? Who knows? <laughs> but, but they do uh, come in. I've seen them. I, I am just so impressed by everything that you guys do at Free Talk Live. It's just the best thing. You know, all the stuff that you offer, the show's free, the merchandise, everything. It's just uh, people should really, really applaud you for the. All right, enough back padding. Let's go to you the phone it. calls and talk to Rob in Indianapolis. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Rob, hey guys, what's going on? Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, I, I wanted to talk about this uh, Chris guy that that called in earlier about yeah. killing uh, bureaucrats. Right. Uh, he he proposed <laughs> arresting I, them. I know the kid, and he, you guys are giving him way too much credit. I know he brings up some good food for thought, I guess. But I mean, this this kid, I mean, he's the most unimposing guy around. But the bad thing is, well, you got to remember what the great equalizer is out there. A seven-year-old can pull a gun and kill Mike Tyson. Um, you right. don't need you you don't need to be a tough. You don't need to be dirty Harry out there to uh, kill somebody. Yeah, but you you have to have. You have to have the cojones to actually pull the trigger. Oh, my God. I was in prison um, for nine years with a lot of people with not a lot of cojones. The, the, um, it, criminals don't have cojones. They are uh, be stupid. cowards, uh, you know, right. idiots. No, it, being able to pull a trigger doesn't doesn't uh, indicate uh, any kind of, you know, stra- well, intestinal fortitude. At I all. don't know if I necessarily believed that Chris himself was going to go out and, and do the things. And he didn't say that. He, he had said that, um, you know, a militia posse to arrest judges, which amounted to kidnapping. Yeah, but he, he never puts any any thought at all into any of his thinking. And the bad thing is, is we hang out in the same circles and everything. Yeah, and, how do you know this guy? How do I know him? Yeah. Uh, he's just a just a friend. Okay. Um, actually, he and I and and uh, my cousin are trying to start a podcast, and and he starts going into this stuff, and it just makes makes us look silly. So we haven't been able to actually post any of them yet. But um, yeah, he. I mean, he brings up good food for thought. I mean. It's, well, it's good because there are people that think that way, and and, and I understand it. I, I empathize with their thinking and, and their and viewpoint. The fact that you're on a show with somebody doesn't mean you um, advocate their, their line of thinking. Look at me and Ian. Well, right, especially sure. if you're vehemently defending your position, and if you're vehemently going after him, then that could be a good conversation. And, and it right. is good food for thought. You're right in that, not that it's a good idea, but it's something that we can just bat, you know, just beat down uh, verbally and mentally mm-hmm. and just prove that his idea is just terrible and will not accomplish its desired ends uh, beyond just you know, stirring up violence. Uh, well, the thing is, though, is is you know we try to we try to influence people into seeing the libertarian light, as it were. And when he starts talking that stuff, it just it just kind of poo poos everything because it just. Well, get rid of him. You, hold on. You can. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that. Um, the he would bring in an element that may very well think just like he does, and who better to us, uh, you know, spread that word to? Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, as far as you know, taking on the government or anything, I mean, he has a four ten shotgun and a and a and a boomerang, so I, I doubt that he would get very far, even if he were to do anything. <laughs> the boomerang squad. Yeah. 
Thanks for the call tonight, dude. Appreciate it. And good luck with your show. 800-259-9231. It is good to have that come up occasionally to really point out that the people we associate with, the people we want to spend time with, are not people like Chris who are advocating violence against the system. We want to come up with more creative ways to defeat the government. We want to come up with uh, ways that don't involve lowering ourselves to their level. And it's important to bring these things up from time to time, and I'm glad he did it, uh, because it gives us that opportunity to really knock it out of the park and show why this is a nonviolent movement. This is a movement uh, that will change. Because nothing good has ever really come from changing things through violence. It has just ended up setting up another system of power, uh, you know, power mongers ruling over others, uh, typically in the, in the past. And so we want to do things differently this time, and that is avoid violence and change people's minds, change people's hearts, one person at a time, if necessary. Yeah, yeah, it's so great that you stress that, you know. Ideas are more powerful than yeah. the sword. Yeah. Let's continue with the phone calls and talk to Stephen in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Right, and I suck at everything that you guys just talked about. That's how come I dropped out of the uh, congressional race out here. And I, I think I set the world record, or at least the Libertarian Party record, for the shortest congressional race ever in the party's history. I entered the race uh, November 4th, dropped out uh, officially, I guess, officially in quotes, uh, night before last. What happened? But, uh, that's, uh, oh, well, I just, I just I met too many people, and to be diplomatic, I... Uh, if I wanted to be diplomatic about it, I would say, uh, well, you know, I, I just, um, I, I'm not the kind of person that can, uh, you know, spread the message in a, in a positive way. And, and if I wanted to be honest about it, I, I think I would say that probably two thirds of the people I met, I would have to consider complete idiots. Uh, and, and that's, that's really what it came down to. So you're saying that you were having trouble being a candidate because you found yourself just despising your constituents too much? Is that what you're saying? Exactly, yeah. I I made a very poor candidate because I just, I would talk to people and literally about two of three that I would talk to, I would just want to cuss out. And obviously you're not going to be a good candidate. Yeah, because it's it's difficult to talk. If you talk to someone um, in that, you know, with that feeling in your heart where... Uh, you, you just like, oh God, you're an idiot. Um, you, yeah. You're not going to get anywhere with them. They're not going to vote for you. And you know why are you running? And which is exactly it, it's good no advice um, when dealing with people in in lots of situations. Uh, you know if you're dealing with government bureaucrats and you're trying to make a point to them about liberty or something like that. If you're talking to them like they're, you know, the the crap on the bottom of your shoe. Yeah, you're not going to get anywhere with those bureaucrats. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it does um, it does become frustrating because you get so exhausted after meeting one after another after another who you, you feel know, like you can't change it. Oh, they hold on to these old shibboleths and they they don't understand. They have these these ideas about this the totemic wonderfulness of government and and it's very difficult. But every once in a while, man, you, you run into somebody who gets it and you say, "All right, that's this is worth great. it." You know, yeah. That that just about makes it worth it, but the thing is, is I just I don't have the right personality, and I, I was uh-huh. I I'm aware of that now. I wasn't aware of it before, but I am now. Yeah. I think that, a, I think to some extent it's practice. It. Yeah, there's probably is practice, but also you know you have to love people and and understand that people are going to disagree, and you're going to vehemently disagree with a number of them, and just you know it's like a, it's probably like a, a in a way like the sales process where every no is one no closer to a yes, and the no's when you're doing sales and you're trying to sell whatever the product or service is. 
when you get those no's, it can be devastating. It can be very yeah. hard to handle and deal with. But when you finally get that yes, it's just the most uh, exhilarating thing. Uh, but then again, for some people, they just it's just not their sort of thing. Oh, yeah, and that's what and, he's saying. Yeah, and that's exactly. what he's decided. And yeah. so, absolutely. Maybe it's maybe better you, for your psyche. Yeah. Maybe you should do other sorts of activism, uh, behind-the-scenes work. Maybe work for, uh, for a candidate that you agree with, or better yet, uh, move up that, to New Hampshire. I was kind of thinking about that. In fact, that's what I was going to say. In fact, uh, the, uh, I, me and the wife signed up for the new, uh, the uh, Free State Project. I Excellent. Got, uh, I got a transfer to Argentina. I'll be working down there uh, 28 days working there, 28 days home, you know, four weeks home, four weeks in Argentina, mm-hmm. uh, working for an oil drilling company. It's my company. It's the company I currently work for. Wow. Um, but it, they're just... Uh, extending operations into Argentina. Well, congratulations and, on your decision. I know there are a number of liberty-oriented candidates up here that I'm sure would appreciate your help on their campaign when you get here. Thanks for the call tonight. Let's continue okay. uh, quickly to Vince in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Vince. Yes, I want to tell you, gentlemen, um, it looks like the uh, tax protest that put a new uh, mayor in for Indianapolis and the, the way to reduce property taxes Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to fall by the wayside. Why? Because they have oomphing mayors, police chiefs, all oh, we're going to have to cut our services and trash pickup and police runs. Well, they've been cutting out police runs for a number of years. So wait a minute, you're saying fun. that the government bureaucrats in Indianapolis are are convincing people that the tax increase is a good idea because if they don't, then they'll lose their police protection. Yeah. That's always what they go to. That's always what they go to. Whenever you talk about cutting the uh, the government's budget, the first thing they say is, well, we can't do that. You People won't have police and fire protection anymore. Oh, is that the only thing that your government budget is yeah. going to? You know, it's, it's, it's ludicrous, and they always use that. Vince, thanks for the call tonight, as Thank always. You. It has been Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Really, you just have to get in a place where most people are in agreement with you that things need to be going in a different direction and unfortunately, most of the, the rest of the country just isn't that place. We're building it here in New Hampshire. It's not quite that place quite yet. And we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.